0: Welcome everyone. We are in Sheridan this week for the class of 2023 graduation session. And I am lucky enough to come spend some time here with Jen Krause before the session um, for another episode of our Leading Wyoming podcast. So Jen, thanks for making time for us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so Jen and I actually met last fall virtually Mm -hmm. um, when Leadership Wyoming launched the Brio Collective the women's leadership cohort. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jen and I actually were both participants in it. And so Jen, maybe you can just tell us a little bit about your experience in Brio and sort of what you got out of it.
1: Yeah, so thank you. First of all, thank you for having me here. Yeah. I'm so excited. I feel so like
0: <laughs> privileged and honored uh. to be able to
1: be a part of this, so thank you. Yeah, um, yeah so Brio was an amazing um, program, so as soon as I read the announcement, I knew that I needed to apply. Like I just felt like a calling. There was something that I needed to apply for, um, and I'm so glad I did. It was just an amazing group of women um, joined together and just from all different areas, so... I think one of the biggest takeaways for me, though, is we did the Hogan assessment, um, and Rosie Berger was actually my coach, and so, yeah, Yeah. so doing the assessment, I've never done Hogan before, I've done so many other, like, leadership assessments or personality Mm -hmm. um, scales, and so just having the Hogan just provided me with a whole new, different outline, Um, and what I realized is I needed a lot of more balance in my life, so I really took that away, and Rosie, when she received my score, she said, ah, we might have a problem. (laughs) So that just being a little hard, you know, so, on my assessment, just really, heroism or loyalty and work, it just scores really, really high, like Mm -hmm. extremely high, and then related to maybe fun, relaxations like on the chart. And (laughs) so um, I kind of realized, wow, I have this workaholic tendency, maybe. Um, And so it's not anything we all strive for. So it was such a great reflection for me to be able to um, stop and pause. And I have a nine-year-old son named Waylon, who everybody um, seems to know, and he's just so wonderful. But yeah, just being able to balance leadership. Plus being able to balance my wonderful husband and my son, Waylon, was yeah. a big reflection. Oh, that's and then just being able to share that with the rest of the group mm-hmm. um, and see that we all kind of have the same struggles was just really, really
0: special to me. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, that was the first time I had done the Hogan, too. And I think what I took away from that is I like went into it thinking that it would be something that I would get out of my career, you know, like, oh, I, I see this in my career, and my job, but I realized that, like, all those things you could take home and be like, oh, I do this mm-hmm. at home or I access, you know, so it's it was really beneficial to me. Um, and then, yeah, just having the group of women, and mm-hmm. I think I really appreciated the connections was really important for me, because I went into the group knowing no one else mm-hmm. in there. I know some people had already known each other from Leadership Wyoming or or um, elsewhere and I didn't know anyone. So it's just great having all those women across the state now that I feel a connection to.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, And so recently one of your colleagues, Amy Albright, she wrote a leadership moment about how one of the most positive leadership qualities is showing gratitude. And she wrote, The embodiment of gratitude is my boss, Jen Kraus, Amy says, you never fail to write handwritten notes or tell your employees specifically what you're grateful for, um, or just make people feel seen, appreciated, and talented. So I'm just wondering, is that a trait that you've always held, or is that something that you picked up along your leadership journey? Um, And how do you find that showing gratitude as a leader is an important trait?
1: Yeah, so I think it's something that I've probably always internally had, but I had a really great um, boss and um, well, I used to work in healthcare so am I, one of my first supervisors, my first bosses was just really great about saying thank you and you know for me we always say what's your love language like what is what's important <laughs> to you and you know for me it's not money or you know having a title it's truly just a thank you mm-hmm. oh all my supervisor has to do for me is just say thank you it's amazing how it makes you feel and how it empowers you and what it can do for you and um one of my first supervisors was just he was just wonderful like and i felt like it wasn't just a oh thank you like it was very genuine and so it helped me to develop that, just the way it made me feel. Um, and I really wanted my employees to feel that as well, um, that I'm just genuinely grateful um, for all of them. And I have a very large role as the director of the foundation and the vice president of student affairs and its several employees, and um, like I am able to function in my role because of Mm -hmm. I'm able to do well because of them. I have just amazing employees, so I don't feel like you can say thank you enough Mm -hmm. like I know that I am I'm successful in my job because of them. Um, I just feel like one of my main things that I talk to them about is just grace and gratitude, grace and gratitude like we're gonna show each other grace in all situations and then we're gonna say thank you and be Mm -hmm. thankful for each other in all situations so I have to tell you a funny story about that Um, that moment. So um, it's been a very, very busy time here at the college, just really, really busy. And um, that came out on a Tuesday. And um, on Sunday after church, I was laying there and I was in deep thought. And I told my husband, You know, do you ever feel like, wonder if you're where you need to be? Like, do you ever feel like you just, you're doing what, in my mind, are you doing what God calls you to do? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing where you're supposed to be mm-hmm. in life? And I, and my husband said, "Wow, that's really deep." You know, he was like, "Okay, no, I've never really had that." But I was just laying there thinking, "Well, maybe you know, is this where I need to be?" And that was like a Sunday, and then I went through my busy Monday, and then Tuesday morning, like that was. There. And it was such a confirmation that's to me. Amazing. And such a busy time, <laughs> you know. So I called. Of course, I called Amy Aww. right away, and I'm like. Oh, I I just applied all my makeup why did you do this to me like I was crying like but it was so so kind of her but it was in turn such a like kindness breeds kindness you know like it was such a confirmation to me that I was exactly
0: where I needed to
1: be like oh that's amazing that's cool
0: I love what you said about grace and gratitude too Like, just always having that in the back of your mind to give Mm -hmm. people grace and gratitude. That's also something I learned. I wonder where you are on the recognition scale in Hogan. Do you Mm -hmm. remember? I can't remember. Yeah, that was something that I, because I'm into the love language thing, too. And so that was, like, really helpful for me to be like, oh, this is, the Hogan is sort of similar to that Mm -hmm. in that, like, you possess these qualities. Like if you're high on recognition, then you also love to give people recognition because mm-hmm. that's what you want. Yeah. And so that was interesting to me to like, because I think I'm sort of middle of the road recognition, um, and so I do like it when people like show me gratitude and, and tell me thank you for my work. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it in a public way. And so like that was you know, whereas some people if they're super high, maybe they want it in a public way, and then they give it to their employees in a public way, but their employee might be really low, and they're like, I don't like this. <laughs> so yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, Great story. Yes. Uh, well, speaking of stories, for the past few years um, at the Leadership Wyoming graduation session, mm. which is at the one we're in right now, um, it's included you sharing your life story with the class. And so for those alumni who might be listening who haven't had a chance to hear your story, would you mind sharing that with us today?
1: yeah sure, sure. yeah Great.
0: oh man my every time i show you, you know it's been
1: 25 years i mean 28 years since my car accident um and i always tear up every time oh, so, oh no, yeah, no. And i'm gonna cry no. <laughs> no. No, so i think kind of shorter and sweet you know that i'm related to it so i'm a t5 spinal cord injury so i've been paralyzed since i was 16 years old i was in a really severe car accident just Sixteen years old driving way too fast and lost control of my car. Um so I broke my back and my neck and the worst part is that my back um I broke my back and all my ribs broke and went into my lungs. Um so I was having a very hard time breathing. So I was sent flight for life. I'm originally from Colorado to um a trauma hospital in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um where I fought for my life. And so um So yeah, I was on a ventilator for a couple weeks, um, and I think the hardest part of this story that um, I was in and out of consciousness. So my face was very swollen from the accident, but I could um, see people coming in, see family members coming in, but I couldn't speak to them. Hmm. And so just awareness of whether I could be conscious, I was conscious or not, you know, that they felt like I was maybe unconscious. Um, So a lot of conversations were happening around me, which I could hear. So, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of prayers, you know, and things like that. But one day the doctor came in and um, recommended that my parents stop my life support because I had been on life support for so long. Mm -hmm. And um, and so in that moment, all I could do was hear my mom cry and then I heard silence. Like I was alone in this room, not knowing what was going to happen next. So, um, that will stay with me forever, you know, when something like that happens. Um, So again, you know, I never want to influence my religion on anybody, but for me in that moment, you know, I just prayed, like, all you can do is just, that's what I was taught to do, and I just prayed that God would save my life, and you make these bargains with God, right? Like, if you save my life, then I promise I knew something was going on with my body, but I didn't know what, and I'll never dwell on it, and I'll do everything, I promise, I promise I'll be a super great person, you know. I'll make my bed every morning. Yeah, so, I mean, I I just really, and, um, yeah, within days, my lungs started to miraculously heal, and, um, yeah, within a week, I was off life support, so I went from recommending that I, Get up like my parents taught my life support to where I was on my own breathing on my own so yeah it was just it left me with um feeling like I had so much purpose like why why me God like why would you save my life out of all the people you Mm -hmm. know that that go through these circumstances and don't make it Mm -hmm. um why would you save me Um, And so I felt really excited uh, and just um, like a miracle. The trauma doctor came in and said, you are a true miracle, like things like this just don't happen. Um, But shortly after that, I went into a rehab, a physical rehab where you have to learn how to dress and bathe and dress in a wheelchair and take showers in a wheelchair. And I was turned 17 in the hospital and I felt ugly. I felt just, and so I went from praying that God would save my life to praying that God would take my life. Like, I laid there so many times in that rehab, like, I can't do this. Like, I never knew anyone in a wheelchair. I didn't know people can function in wheelchairs, even though everybody told me you could. But it was, it took me 30 minutes just to get my pants on. And that felt like, and when you're a 17-year-old going into senior in high school, and all your friends are coming to see you in there, you realize, wow, like, I'm really different Mm -hmm. and um, it was hard, Um, but I had an amazing nurse, her name was Jennifer as well, that was close to my age and she gave me tons of encouragement and just really took the time again just to show grace and kindness to me and really helped me get out of what I would call like a full-blown depression of just what that looked like and she helped me realize that I could go to school. And even though my family was not wealthy by any means, and so she provided me, helped me provide resources of how to go to school and how to attend college. So um, after my senior year, I went to um, college and got a bachelor's in social work. So I have a bachelor's in social work and I was a medical social worker for several years. And then um, we reported up to the chief financial officer at the hospital and he said at a, like a really young age he said you have leadership skills if we pay for your mba will you go like to be um at a director level yet had a master's so yeah at 25 i went back to school got my master's and at 27 i was the director of all post-acute care services and i was the youngest director at st mary Corbin hospital in pueblo colorado and so 27 years old and 103 employees, and I um, had to learn really, really quickly about key leadership. Um, yeah, so I've so I've been um, I was in healthcare for over 18 years, um, and I was uh, then moved on to be a hospital CEO for rehabilitation hospitals for people with disabilities just like me, so it was so amazing to be the CEO and then meet new spinal cord injuries and let them see like your life does go on Mm -hmm. after an injury, and that's when it really hit me. I never understood it when I was 16, 17 years old, but now I'm in my 30s and I'm running a hospital and I could be like, oh, this is how you dress in bed, this is how you hop in a car, this is how you drive with hand controls, you know? And um, it really hit me why God saved my life. Mm-hmm. Like it was to help other people with disabilities realize that you could go on, you know? And so it wasn't until years later, I was like, this is why mm-hmm. i meant to be here. Um, and I met an amazing man, his name is Dustin, and when I was running a hospital in Arizona, and he's just the kindest, most amazing person. There's no, he told me when we got married, there's no word that, look at you. I know. <laughs> there's nowhere that I will go that you won't be able to go with me um Aww. so he's adapted four wheelers and just everything where I could go on hikes and fishing trips and we have a camper that's a toy hauler that I could just go right up the ramp you know and Aww. he stayed so true we've been married um over 10 years and then um I have a nine-year-old son that I was able to give birth naturally to where the odds were so against being able oh to do that gosh. but when God has a purpose you're just able to do that and so I have an amazing son named Leland who is just the biggest gift to my life and so I guess I'm just the reason why I have so much gratitude for people and I just have so much gratitude for my life like I just have so much gratitude in life like every day is just a gift and um, I blessed. just feel so blessed to be here and to be here talking with people and being able to give back and always that he could give back.
0: So that's, that's everything in a nutshell. (laughs) Now (laughs) that graduation class gets like 30 minutes longer, but for this reason, that's all of it in a nutshell. Oh, wow. Wow. That's an incredible story, Jen. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, the um, gentleman who saw those leadership skills in you at a young age and offered you the the master it was it a masters he said? Yeah, um what do you did he ever say what skills or do you have any idea? Like what did he what sort of leadership skills did he see in you at that young age?
1: Yeah, I think um so we were having a difficult time with our supervisor at that time. So we were a group of social workers and we were having a difficult time with our supervisor at that time. And I just didn't feed into the negativity. Like I just took like a natural leadership role of We're going to get our duties done. We're going to, you know, still serve our patients and still do what we need to do and not feed into any type of negativity or go down a different way. Just try Mm -hmm. to lead in a different way of positivity without talking bad about my supervisor or going away where, you know, there's always like, when things are going bad, you know, people survive in different ways, you know, and some get in a group this way or report things differently. And I just tried to keep the team together as much mm-hmm. as possible in a positive way to mainly serve the patients that we were serving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was able to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And I did it without even, like, thinking about I was yeah, doing. Yeah. It. Um, but it was one thing that he shared with me that I was able to do, just able to yeah. bring
0: a team together. Yeah, that's another, yeah, another great leadership quality for sure Um, well wow thank you so much Uh, Jen I'm I'm quite sure that you have um, inspired alumni to revisit their personal mission statements and their um, you know maybe look back at those gold boxes from graduation and and feel gratitude for their lives as well Mm. and um, yeah This has been amazing. Thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
0: and thanks for everyone um, for tuning in. We will be back soon with more Leading Wyoming episodes. We want to thank Jen Krause for her time, sharing her story, and being a part of the Leading Wyoming podcast.